You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com Shop. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hogan. Brian, it's February, and there's an unsigned significant free agent, which means that the Yankees are being mentioned with said unsigned significant free agent. Um, what's your understanding of, and I know it's about the fourth time we've talked about this, uh, of the Yankees and James Shields and whether that's viable in any way? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Matthew, it seems like we, we go over the same ground every week, but you're right. Uh, as long as there's a guy out there who could help this team uh, improve their chances of winning the AL East, I think people are going to connect them to it, and obviously Shields would improve a team that right now, you know, depending on who you talk to, they look like an 84-85 to 85 win team, which, you know, is competitive, but uh, Hal Steinbrenner keeps saying postseason caliber and championship caliber, and I'm not sure that 84-85 wins gets you there. That being said, uh, they have a lot of money coming back on the books, as we've talked about before. Alex Rodriguez, a big part of that. They're bumping right up against $210 million right now. And, you know, you talk to people in the organization, they said they were going to be out on John Lester. We said, all right, we'll see. Prove it. They did. They said they were going to be out on Max Scherzer. Prove it. They did. Uh, now here we are with James Shields, and, and you're still saying prove it, but they weren't bluffing the first two times, and, and that tells me, if you had a chance to get Scherzer or Lester and didn't do anything with it, I'm not sure why then you'd go after Dream Shields. And that kind of leads me into my next question. I'd be curious, and obviously the Yankees aren't going to give this away. You know, They're not going to tell you exactly how they assess players on their own. But I do wonder how they view him. And to me, Shields is kind of a Rorschach test anyway. I mean, you can kind of see what you want to see. I think there are people who still view him as a one. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he's – not even a, a two on a championship team, that maybe he's a three on a championship team. Um, how would they – do they view him as a difference maker or an innings guy? I think it's probably a combination of the two, but I think if you're going to go after James Shields and try to sell him as a true ace, uh, I'm not sure I would buy that. Uh, I, I, look, they've already got nine-figure pitching contracts out there to Masahiro Tanaka and CC Sabathia. Obviously, you've probably seen the best of Sabathia and – and you know that any one pitch could be Tanaka's last for 12 to 18 months, and obviously they're going into the year hoping that Tommy John doesn't have to happen, but they know it's a possibility. Anyway, the point is they've already committed a huge amount of money there to the rotation. I think to give out another big deal to get a guy like Shields, even if his price has come down a little bit, I think at this stage of the offseason that may be too much to ask. And there is actually one other intriguing free agent that just became a free agent within the last day or so, and that's Yohan Moncada. Um, is that a guy that, that the Yankees might be in on? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Uh, they're in on Moncada. I, I think that everybody around the game has been waiting to see how this is all going to shape out. And, but, you know, and we're coming in off this where I was just saying how it doesn't look like they're going to spend money on Shields, but it's a little different with Moncada. And, and here's why. They went crazy last year on the international market. They spent about $15 million on guys. They're way over their limit. And, and what that's going to do is, essentially, they have to be in the penalty box for the next two years. They're not going to be able to give a guy these big bonuses. But Moncada is in play, and that's the kind of guy who, I mean, look, everybody says this guy is going to be a huge talent. He's only 19, um, but people are already saying he's a surefire big leaguer. He's going to get there, and he's going to make an impact. Okay. 
Uh, that's the kind of guy the Yankees need to put in their farm system, especially if he's not going to take too much development time. Uh, look, the Yankee system has gotten better over the last couple of years. I know that everybody likes to say how the Yankees never developed their, their own prospects. And, and, yeah, their opening day lineup this year, Brett Gardner is probably going to be the only homegrown guy. But uh, I think this system is on the rise. They're, they've committed to it. And, obviously, look, Mark Newman on his way out the door last year uh, in, the, in the scouting department, they're, they've put a lot of money into that pipeline. And I think that Moncada could be the cherry on top. There's going to be competition for him, but uh, I would expect to see the Yankees in it to the very end on him. Could you, because I'm not entirely sure even I understand it, and it's my job, which means I'm sure that there are plenty of fans who don't entirely understand it. As far as the, the, the bonus pool, those regulations, the penalties, where do they stand as far as what they could do, how that impacts what they would do now? Is it a situation where, because this counts against last year, you essentially just go ahead and get killed for this past year and then worry about it next year? Or how does that all kind of shake down? Yeah, I mean, they're going to get slammed on it. On Mancata, in theory, let's say that it takes $40 million to sign this guy. Uh, they're going to pay a 100% penalty on top of that. So now you're talking about $80 million, uh, to bring this guy into the pipeline. But here's the thing is, for the next two years after the deadline, they're not going to be able to spend any more than 300000 on a bonus uh, for any player. And obviously that's not going to get you a guy like Mancata, especially, I mean, I'm throwing out crazy numbers here, but we're, we're talking 30 to $40 million to bring to bring this guy in. So, uh, you know, I I think that it's the kind of guy that if the Yankees are want to push all their chips in, they know already that they know what the future is going to hold. They know they have to cool their jets for the next two years. You might as well just go all in and, and finish it off here. And uh, really has been a, a crazy signing period. And they're trying to take advantage of the way the system is set up. Right. There's there's sort of a there there is this odd kind of setup where. Once you go in on a year, you may as well really go in on a year. I mean, is that sort of an accurate way to look at it? Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I say, well, look, you're already over the line. You're in the penalty box. Uh, you know, to use a hockey analogy, you know, why not just get the five minutes for fighting on top of it? Fair enough. And then uh, you wrote last night, um, not really an, an analytical look, but touched on one of the big issues that I think a lot of people are wondering about uh, as the 2015 Yankees start taking shape, and that is uh, what they're going to do in the ninth inning. Um, it seems like they've got about three options. I, I find it very hard to believe that Joe Girardi gets really creative and chooses option C and mixes and matches, but uh, wh- where do you think they are at as far as determining who pitches the ninth and how they deploy, deploy those two guys at the back of the bullpen? Yeah, and obviously we're talking about Dylan Batances and Andrew Miller, and uh, I'm not sure that there's really a wrong choice there. Uh, I think gut, my gut tells me that Batances is going to be the closer in spring training, but Girardi's keeping an open mind. He wants to bring these guys into the spring, see how things are going to work out. And look, you never know who's going to get hurt, you know, which guy's going to have a nagging oblique or something late in camp. So, so I think it's smart for Joe not to lock in a closer right now. I mean. Last year, it took until January before somebody with the Yankees would finally say, yes, Dave Robertson is going to be the closer. So they're going to name a closer at some point. Uh, you don't have to have one on February 5 or whatever it is. Uh, I, I think that you go into camp, you see how the guys work out. And, but either way, uh, what the Yankees like is Miller and Batances can both get lefties and righties out, um, as can a couple other guys in the back of that bullpen. But those are the two main guys I would look for, eight and nine. And the one thing I would think about, and Tans has talked a little bit about it this week, is uh, 
one of his big strengths last year was that he was able to get multiple innings. He could get four or more outs, and he was dominant doing it. I mean, look at his stat line. But I think that if you're going to have a set closer, does that necessarily limit him to only the ninth inning? You want him to only come in uh, for a clean ninth inning, or can you bring him in with two outs in the eighth or one out in the eighth? Um, maybe it maybe it doesn't wind up being a problem because you have a dominant guy to handle the eighth in Miller. But I think that no matter which way you go with it, uh, Yankees, the back of the bullpen is going to be definitely one of their strengths this year. And, and what they're trying to do is replicate what you saw with Kansas City last year. And maybe they have a good shot at doing that. This is almost certainly just me dreaming, but is there any chance they do something unconventional, even if it's as simple as having a closer who they're willing to go four or five outs with periodically, or is it pretty much set in stone that whoever it is, one guy is going to be three outs in the ninth and one guy is not? I think there's some freedom there. I think there's some wiggle room. And even last year, Girardi, especially toward the end of the year, would push Robertson and and try to ask four or five outs from those guys. So I I think that there's freedom there. I, I think it's just something in a situation where you're so used to how Mariano Rivera was handled and and really look he was an older closer they they wanted to try and save the bullets if they could that didn't mean they wouldn't go to him for more in september and october but uh for the most part they were trying to, to limit rivera to three outs I, I feel like with miller and batansis you can ask a little bit more and i, I expect that's what you going to do this year all right well brian hope thanks for taking some time to chat here on mlb.com extras and thanks everybody for listening Visit the official online shop of Major League Baseball at MLB.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source. The MLB.com shop.